Did y'all sing tonight? Some of you? I couldn't tell really from the back end. That's okay. I just wanted to ask. That's good. <laughs> Corbin, I think I saw you singing. Thanks, bud. Um, sometimes when I, when I come up to speak, and it's funny because I've now walked up and stood in front of groups like this for like 18 years, but I feel unworthy to um, to do it, almost incapable to do it just because of some stuff that we teach and we teach on and stuff. So um, just before we start, I'm going to ask you to um, join me in prayer. Dear God, I just come to you. I thank you so much for tonight, for your word, for your truth. And Lord, I just ask for your help. Um, I, I need you. Uh, God, I need you. Uh, to move in my life. I need you, Lord. We, we need you to move in our lives here in this place. Um, Lord, I ask you um, just to work and uh, use uh, uh, wh- wh- whatever you can from a weak man um, uh, for your honor. And um, Lord, we just ask that hearts will be attentive and that they will hear your truth and respond to your truth. Lord, help us to lay aside the burdens of the week. Uh, it could be burdens of the month and of the year. And Lord, help us to lay those aside and um, hear you speak to us tonight. That's what we uh, that I ask, I, I beg of you to work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week, um, you know, it's always, it's, it's always hard as well to... Who was here last week? Was there quite a few? It's always hard to follow my wife because she is the most amazing nutcase I've ever met in my life. And I say that with as much love as I can because I love her to death. That was what drew me to her was she was just perfect. And um, and so I hope you really enjoyed her. St- what? You call me a loser? You're not a loser, baby. You're my nutcase. And, and so she... Um, she spoke about the old old self and the the new self, the old 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 woman. You know, remember she said that she was being stalked by an old woman, and y'all were like this. And when she told you the punchline that it was her, y'all went, "Huh?" And most y'all didn't get it. It was really pretty funny. <laughs> but then you then you did get it. I, I hope. But it's talking about the the old man and the. The Word of God talks about an old man and the new man, the old self and the new self. It's talking about when um, we come into relationship, we put our faith in Jesus Christ, that there's a transformation, a regeneration that occurs, and we're different, we're, we're changed. But a confusing thing about that, and she, she hit on this some, and we're going to hit on this probably more tonight and maybe in the next few weeks to come, is that... Um, while there's a spirit inside of us, God's spirit at work at us, we still tend to fall into a lot of the same traps we fell into before. And we go, man, was I really changed? Was there, there really a, 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 a difference? And the issue is, inside your spirit, a spirit in you has come alive that was dead. And we're going to talk more about that. But you're still in this, the same flesh that still craves the world and still wants the world. And this spirit and this flesh are going to be at work and fighting for the rest of your life. I want you to know that as you are here, as you grow up and get to be as wise as old as me, which is not very wise, I'm getting older though, that, Bishop, funny guy, then you're going to find out that I just forgot my whole point. But it was it was really it really wasn't that good of a point, so it was okay. 
Yours was much funnier. Okay, let's get back here. Galatians chapter 5. If you look, but if you don't have a Bible, beneath the chairs are these right here. These belong to the youth group. If you need one, get one. And um, to use, please, we tend to like to use them. Open them up. Turn to Galatians 5. This is, I'm going to jump where my wife left off last week. Galatians is in the New Testament. It's part of Paul's letters. It's near Ephesians, Philippians. It's girls eat popcorn, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. That's how I remember that. But we're going to be in the book of Galatians chapter 5. And I want you just to see this because we're going to jump off this and jump into where we're going to go tonight. Because in truth, I just want to... This is... Sometimes, a lot of times I want to give a sermon with points and ways that you can improve. And I'm going to... I want to teach you. I want you to understand some truths about God's Word. Because I think sometimes we can't move forward in our Christian walk or life until we know, we understand what's really gone on in our life. So I'm going to te- I want to teach you some of those things tonight. Galatians chapter 5. Ooh, not Galatians chapter 5. Oh, I'm in Ephesians. That's why that looked wrong. Galatians 5. Verse 16. It says this. It's on page 975 in my, my Bible. I think yours does too. But I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. I want you to see something here. Simple truth, like I said, Michelle told him this this past week. But let me share this. It says at the verse 16, the top of that verse, it says to walk in the Spirit so you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Do you all have desires in your flesh that are against God? Dude, we all have them. You crave them. it's It's just there. But a lot of times the Spirit of God says, don't do it. Now when it says right here, walk in the Spirit, I want you to see it doesn't say... To live in the Spirit. It doesn't say meditate in the Spirit. It doesn't say trust in the Spirit. It says walk in the Spirit. What do you have to do to walk in the Spirit? You're not sitting still. Do you understand that? It says to walk as a weird man. I, I got saved. I, I gave my life to Jesus. I put my faith and trust in Him. And these same things are going on. I'm still having a rough time. Why? Well, it doesn't say just to, to be in the Spirit. It says to walk in the Spirit. God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to read your word. That's the way we hear God speak the most. Do you understand that? By reading this. And this is the thing that not just teenagers, but adults, probably the least thing that they do. I'm a Christian. Yeah, but I just don't have time for this. And it says to walk in the Spirit. How do you do it? Well, you get in the Word. And you live out what you learn. What you hear preached. Don't just take my word for what I've ever said up here. You better look it up on your own. Go, okay, Dan said that. That makes sense. But let me check it out. Because I I am flawed. I will make mistakes at times. I do not want to. I hope I don't. But I probably will. So don't take my word on it. Trust me some, though. I'd love to look into it and not go, oh, he's full of... I won't spell any bad words tonight. So, um, that was a joke. <laughs> Sorry. So, it says to walk in it. Don't just sit there. Now, it talks about this thing of the flesh and the spirit, like a fight, right? 
Now, there's a story that I've heard. Now, I, I became a Christian when I was about 17 years old. I hadn't been to, to church much and uh, ended up going, and my life was changed. And I heard this story first few years after I, I came to, to know Christ. And this is, let me share this story with you because it's a great story. Let me just share the story. An Eskimo fisherman, now it wasn't this exact story, but it was almost the same thing. So I don't remember an Esco, Eskimo fisherman, came to town every Saturday afternoon. It's always bad when a guy that stutters wants to read a story, isn't it? Man, this is a tough crowd tonight. Everybody, can y'all do this for a second? I've got D laughing and my wife. That's, you know, everybody do this. Come on, everybody. 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 All right. Okay, we good now? We good? <clears throat> An Eskimo. At the right time, Bishop. Okay? Are you... Thank you, Jake. That was the right time. An Eskimo fisherman came to town every Saturday afternoon. He always brought his two dogs with him. One was white and the other was black. <laughs> okay, he had taught them no more laughing. This isn't a funny story. Okay. I'll let you know. This means laugh. No, no, not that. This means laugh. Okay, this is killing me. He had always taught them to fight on command. Every Saturday afternoon in the town square, the people would gather, and these two dogs would fight, and the fishermen would take bets. On one Saturday, the black dog would win. Another Saturday, the white dog would win. But the fishermen always won. The dog that he placed his bets on, that dog always won. His friends began to ask him how he did it. He said, I starve one and feed the, the uh, 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 other. The one I feed always wins because he is strong, 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 stronger. This story about two dogs tells us something about the inner warfare that comes into the life of a person who is born again. We have two nat- natures within us. Both of, us, both of them are... F- are fighting to be the lead dog or to win. Which one will dom- 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 dominate you? Okay, I think this is a great story, and it feels like it, it feels very real. And you go, you know what? I feel that fight. I think if if we if you were if we were, you know, you could speak alone about it. You'd say, yeah, you know what? I feel that fight, and it makes sense. The one that the part that you feed more, there's a for sort of a truth to that, if you just feed the flesh, you're just going to, you're just going to be engrossed in it. If you feed the spirit, you're going to be fighting against the flesh, and you are going to be living for God. So there's some truth there, but I want you to know this because this is a very important point. Some people may not even care about it, but I think it's huge. The essence of this point is not true. The spirit and the flesh are not too equal beings at war. I want you to understand that. The Spirit of God is much greater. It doesn't even compare to what the flesh is. The Spirit will always overcome the flesh. Always. The flesh doesn't have a chance. We give it every chance that it has because we, we just get a case of the dumbs. Even as an adult, you get a case of the dumbs. Just as teenagers, you get the dumbs more. Sorry. But they're not an equal battle, and we act like they are, and we live like they are, and they're not. You know, so it's not, you see, have y'all seen the yin yin yang sign? I would have done a 
picture of it, but I just didn't want it up in, the, in this room. It, it's, it's, a, it's like a black and a white thing with a dot in the middle of black and white, and it shows that there's a fight between good and evil. Good's about the same size as evil. There's some belief systems that believe that Jesus and Satan are brothers. These are religious groups that believe that they are brothers. They're like twins, and one fights for good and one fights for bad. And a lot of times we look at it like, that's the case. But do you understand that that's not the case? Look in the book of Colossians chap, chap, chapter 1. Turn about three books from where you were in Galatians. Girls eat popcorn. Philippians. Colossians chap, chap, chapter 1. And I want to remind you what the Word of God says on who G, 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 Jesus is. You need to stay away from that word. Colossians 1, verse 15. This is talking about Jesus. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him, by Him, by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. All things were created through Jesus and for Him. Not just by Him, but for Him. And He is before all things. And in Him, all things hold together. Just stop right there. The flesh and the things of this world, Satan doesn't compare. There's not even, you can't even do a chart and go, okay, this is one and this is one. It it doesn't do justice to what the truth is. Jesus is and always will be infinitely greater than the things of this world. The powers of the of this world in First John chapter four verse four, it says, "Greater is He who is in me at the end there than He who is in the world." Greater is He always will be greater. So understand that this fight with the flesh and the spirit that you go, man, I'm just having a rough time with. If we can just grab one and go, okay, God. I'm going to go for it. And there's a point where where we've got to decide. You've got to. Decide. Some people go, well, if you're 12 or 13, you can't, um, you can't really make that choice. What are you talking about? You're old enough to make that choice, to choose to follow God or not. But, so, we've got this thing, right? Now, let me jump here. Old, old, old self, before you come to faith in Christ, new self, change self, transform self, after you come to faith in Christ. Let, let me ask ask you this. If I asked you right now to explain to me what happens at the point of salvation, what would you say? If you could describe to me at the point of where you go from a non-believer in Christ to a believer in Christ, what happens? God fixes you. Good. He does more than that too, right? But that, that that's the start. He, he fixes you. You're broken and there's no chance for you to fix yourself. I want you to understand this. At the point of salvation, you have been living in the flesh, in sin all of your life. God calls you. You respond. And God's Spirit is brought to life in you. Do you understand that someone who doesn't believe in Jesus Christ have not put their faith in, in Him Spiritually, they're the walking dead. 
spirit, spiritually speaking, now some people could be very offended by this, but this is the truth. Because the truth is this. Before you come to faith in Christ, your spirit is dead. Your flesh is alive, but your spirit is dead. And when you put your faith in Christ, God puts that spirit in you that is alive. And we're going to look at that in um, the book of Ezekiel. And this is like back in the Old Testament, right past Jeremiah and Lamentations. And I want you to see this book, Ezekiel chapter 36. And Pastor Mike, who here was at camp this past year? Pastor Mike spoke one night, and this is what he spoke on the first night. He spoke on that, this, that, that first night. And I want you to remind you this, because this shows what God does at the point of salvation to us. Don't put up that one slide yet, Hannah. If you see it in there, don't put it up yet. Just the verse. It's perfect. Can you put up the verse? Did I put the verse in there? Because I don't... Let me get there myself. All right. Hang with me. Y'all are doing good. Hang, hang, hang with me. Ezekiel chapter 36. Thirty-six, verse twenty-six and twenty-seven, and he says this: "And I will give you a new heart, and a new spirit I will put within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh, and and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes, and be careful to obey my rules." Do you want? Understand, at the point of salvation, God takes your heart of stone and makes it a heart of flesh. A heart, if I had a big rock here, what could that, that rock do? It could, okay, not by itself. Right? If I said the rock here, you could use it to break a window, but the rock itself couldn't do a thing, right? It can't respond. You can talk to the rock. You, you can squeeze the rock. But nothing will come out of the rock. It may break apart. It can roll if you roll it or if it's already on a downhill slope and the wind blows just enough for it. I will give you that. But that's the wind doing the work, not the rock. Rock can't do anything. And God says, you know what he says? An unbeliever in Christ spiritually can do nothing apart from God. Do you understand? It's a heart of stone. And he takes out, it says, he takes out the heart of stone and he puts in a heart of flesh, a heart that is responsive, that is active, that is productive, that is worth something, that does something, that works, that can feel, that can sense. He puts in that heart. And then it says, I will put my spirit within you. Now, I want you to see this because this is a picture, and it won't come out clear at first, but we'll, I'll try to explain it. But this is a picture of that verse, of us at, at the point of believing in Christ, going from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. Ta- take a look at the picture. Okay, there you go. And you're probably going to need to go ahead and hit the next one because it will zoom in some on, on it. Okay, you've got the heart, a heart of stone that's made, made flesh. And you go, well... What in the world does this mean? Let me just share a few things of the difference between a heart of stone, what, what the Word of God says an unbeliever is, and a heart of flesh. Now, I'm not going to go into each point because I don't think we've got time tonight. But let me share with this. And I, I've got this chart, which I'll probably put up on Facebook or something for you to look at because it's a very cool chart. But it says right here, um, a heart of stone, a heart of unbelief, is darkened and it, 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 
ignorant. It says, um, uh, you know, in Ephesians 4, it talks about that. I'm not going to go into that one. It says it's full of unbelief. It says, you know, and I had the verse written down. I don't have it right now. It's, it says that the, the, the cross is foolish to those who are per, 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 perishing, but to those who believe it is the self, self, salvation of man. This is in Galatians, Ephesians, one of those books. It's foolish. It doesn't make sense. A heart of stone, th- things of God do not make sense until God works. It, it, it says here that it is, is dead in its sin. Turn to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, because I want you to, to see this. Because this is what I want you to understand tonight. And I know it's sort of a different night. And if you're a guest, first time here, God is enough to show us all something. But um, hang, 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 hang with me. And it says this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. I don't think I've got this on the screen. And you are dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, dead in our sins made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Do you understand that that belief, and we talked about this in the book of Romans 1 when we were taught through that, that you're, we, what, Romans 3, 23 says what? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. And, and Romans 6, 23 is what? For the wages of sin is death. But... The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now don't do the hand signs and hear hear it. The wages of sin is death. Unbelievers are dead in their sin. We were once dead. I was dead in my sin because of my sin. We've all sinned. And that's the price that we pay. It goes on saying, we, we talked on this in uh, Romans uh, 1, a depraved mind, a mind that doesn't seek after God or what is right. It seeks after the things of the world and selfish things. It goes on to say, right here it says, continually wicked, and it says, also a slave to sin. Now, do you understand? Well, I'm going to hit this point later. So So that's what an unbeliever is with the heart of stone. But when God makes it a heart of flesh, I want you to see what changes occur. Because sometimes we go, okay, I know God's done a work in my life. I'm just not quite sure what. I can't put it into words. And what I hope tonight for some of you is you go, okay, you know what? I can sort of see that in my life. I sort of understand some of these things better in my life. Look at this. The heart of flesh. Believer. First they have a knowledge of sin. Now, I think we all have a conscience, and we know right and wrong to an extent. The world has it. They all have a right. You're not allowed just to go out and because someone spit their gum out um, in front of your car. You can't go shoot their head, their head off, right? It's against the law, right? That's probably wrong. Everybody would say, yep, that's wrong. We have a sense of right and wrong, but 
when you become a believer, you have a knowledge of sin. You become much more acute and aware of the sin in your life. And let me share this with you. I was talking with a guy. He's 26. I had lunch with him yesterday. He's, he's um, probably been a believer in Christ for, t- for 10 years. And he said to me, and he's really, his walk with, he's growing. He's doing great. He says, I don't, he says, you don't understand. I think I'm so much more of a sinner now than I ever have been. Because you're much more aware of things that you do that are wrong against God. And as he shared with this, there was just this look on his face like, I just can't, I just can't stand it. And the next point that you will have, you'll have a sorrow for your sin. If you have a heart of flesh, then there's going to be, it's not just guilt. It's, it's, it, guilt is part of it. Shame can be part of it. But there's a sorrow going, I know this is wrong. I know this is not what I'm about. I know that the spirit that is within me this is not this is against it it is not for it. there's a sorrow a gen, gen, genuine sor, sor, sorrow for that guilt you'll also be alive with Christ you're no longer dead in sin you're alive in Christ a heart that's alive you'll be clean you'll be re, 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 renewed we'll, we'll talk more about that in a second you're bo- born of God and you're no longer a slave to sin but a slave to righteousness now let me ask y'all something. Don't worry, we're not going to go into some long thing right here. What book have we been in the past four months? Romans. Romans. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 6. Because everything we've talked about tonight, we're going to look at a passage that is just going to touch on a few of these things. Because I would just want you to know, in the Word of God that you read, that you have, that you have the opportunity to read, these truths that we've talked about even tonight are all there. Now, let, let me ask all this, and it's going to be Romans 6. If I or you were to do a science fair pro, 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 project, and my or your teacher said they wanted to see my whole body of work, everything, they want to see the whole body of work, what would that mean? Anybody? Would that mean they just want to see my board with the stuff stuck on it and it's sitting right there? They will see the experiment. In the whole body of work, the body of work, they want to see the whole thing, right? Do you, we understand that phrase? The body, I want to see it all. I want to see the little notes that you took, the scratch, whatever, the first test that may have failed. I want to see every note, every scrap, everything that you have done. Do we get that point? Because you need to get that before we we read this. Romans 6. I've been talking too much. Let me get there. 6, 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. We know that our old self, talking about that old self again, was crucified with him, Jesus, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. I want you to understand this. When you come to that point of salvation where your heart of stone is given a heart of flesh and God gives you His Spirit, I want you to to get this phrase because it's key. It means the body of sin is brought to nothing. You know what that means? The entire sin debt that you owe from what you have lived up to now and what you are going to do for the rest of your life because you'll still make mistakes because this stupid flesh, it's brought to nothing. The balance is nil. 
You don't owe a thing. Do you understand? Now, if you look back on that chart, it said being clean and renewed. you understand that, that that's what, the, what that means? No, that, that you have been redeemed, you have been made right. And that truth, man, it should do something in us. We take it for granted. We live like we're owed it, and we're not owed anything. The entire sin debt is covered. Look at, let's keep going. might be brought to nothing. So that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. Do you understand that you are going to be a slave to something? You're going to be slave to sin. Um, you're going to be enslaved to things of this world. It could be drinking. It could be pride. It could be je- jealousy. It could be anger. It could be hatred. It could be laziness, it could be gluttony, it could be... But you're going to be a slave to something. And some of you go, no man, I'm just going to do my own thing. Well, you're, you're, going to be, you're, going to, you're going to say you're doing your own thing, but you're going to be a slave to something. You know, I, I've heard a phrase through the years, and these are usually pretty tough, tough guys that go, man, it's all good if I die and, and go to hell. I'll just go there and party. You know, I'm, I'm going to go take care of it. Do you understand... If you can envision yourself just being burned, and not just for like a minute, but for eternity, I just want to say to some people, are, are you kidding? I mean, I, and I, some I want to say, go ahead, do it. And then I go, Dan, don't say that out loud, because it's not right, because I don't want them, because it's, it's something that we should never wish on anybody, because it's so horrific. I mean, we can't sit still for an hour and we think we're going to go nuts. Hell is so, 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 so much worse. And we think we can go our own way and live our own way, but we're going to be enslaved to something. Now, look here in, in verse 10. I'm just going to jump around to just a couple of them because they really point to sort of where we've been. Verse 10 says this, For the death he died, Jesus, he died to sin. Once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. See, he died for sin, the consequence of sin, the burden of the debt of sin. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to to God in Christ Jesus. I I dare you. I don't dare you. You need to begin to consider yourself dead to sin and alive in Christ. If you are a believer in Christ... You're not saying you won't fall, you won't struggle, but when you do struggle and fall and, and someone says to you, dude, what are you doing? Hey, girl, what are you doing? Something will snap and there will be a knowledge of sin, there will be a sorrow for sin and there will be a repentant heart that will move because you are dead to sin and you're a, a, alive in Christ. Look here in verse 6, 18. If you're not a slave to this world, I said you're going to be a slave to something. And I want you to see this. Verse 18. And having been set free from sin, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I want you to know that as a believer, you're always going to be a slave to something. And as a believer in Christ, do do you know it? When, when, When you put your faith and trust in Christ, you give up your life. You lay your life down as well. And now you are, and some will go, ooh, that's an awful way to say it. You're enslaved to God. And it says that in verse 
22, we're about to read. You're a slave to God. You are meant to serve Him, to honor Him, to glorify Him. And if you've been changed, if you've had that point of salvation in your life, something in you is going to want to. You go, well, that just doesn't seem right. No, because you are thankful because you know who you are inside and you know what you deserve. And you know you're not getting what you deserve because we deserve to have to pay our own sin debt, which we can't pay. Look here in verse 22 and 23. For the, what, verse 22, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification. That's becoming more like Christ. Being more set apart, pure, righteous. Let me read it again. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification. What you do leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. The next verse is one I hope you know well. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, the free gift of God, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're going to talk in the next few weeks more about this fight between the flesh and and the Spirit, because I think something occurs. I think we beat ourselves up so much because we go, man, how can I, 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 you know, I, I gave my life to Christ. I really think I did it with everything I have, and how can I steep, keep doing what I'm doing? Your flesh fights. Man, it, it's fighting for the things of this world all the time. But the Spirit of God is fighting as well. And it's greater. It doesn't compare to what the flesh is. Do not lose sight of that. But I want you to understand what the heart of stone is and what a heart of flesh is. And you've got to ask yourself, because I can't solve this for you, what is your heart? Is it a heart of stone or is it a heart of flesh? When you were six, did you walk an aisle and say, oh, I want to do that, I want to accept that, but you really didn't understand what you were doing? Are you at a point right now where you go, and this is it. This is the simplicity, but it's so complex. Simplicity of salvation is this. We've all sinned and come short of God. We can't get it. The wages of sin, what we owe, we're owed for our sin is death. There's no if, and, or but about it. That's what we're owed. God saw that we could not earn our way because even our righteous acts are like filthy rags to God. We cannot do it. He is perfect, pure, and holy. And when we sin, that makes us gray. It makes us less mucked up. It makes us just gross. And, and we cannot get to God. God saw that. And He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to live a life without sin. To teach and show what we're supposed to be like and how we're supposed to live. To heal the sick. and Not that we're supposed to heal the sick, but He did amazing things to show who He was. And man saw Him and they go, we want nothing to do with you. Many did. Some did want to do something with him. But he was nailed on a cross. And before he died, was he died on that cross, God took the sin debt for those who have their faith in him and placed it on Jesus so that you wouldn't have to be responsible for it because you couldn't take it. You're too weak. There's no way. And Jesus died on that cross. The first time ever, separated from God. And three days later, he overcame death and the grave. So you and I could know God and have, a, have eternal life with him. And to overcome, because you know what? The things of, of this world, Satan is no match for Jesus. He could not hold him down. In truth, it was all part of God's plan. So my question is for you tonight. How is your heart? Is your heart where it needs to be? And are you doing the things that you're supposed to be doing?